Fans of the New England Revolution, listen up. I got a great deal to tell you about. It's the Revs Family 4-Pack. You get four tickets and four food and beverage coupons. Save up to 20% on individual tickets, and you'll get coupons valued at $68. Bring the fight. Bring the passion. Bring the joy. Bring the family. Purchase at revolutionsoccer.net slash tickets. Again, that's revolutionsoccer.net slash tickets. Or you can call 877-GET-REVS. Welcome to New England Soccer Journal's The Goal Podcast, the podcast for serious soccer players and their supporters to help further their development and navigate their way throughout their soccer careers. And now, here's your host, Matt Langoni. Thanks so much for joining us for another episode of New England Soccer Journal's The Goal Podcast. We've got a great guest for you today as I'll be joined via Zoom by New England Revolution Academy midfielder Jack Peniutu. The Cambridge resident in Georgetown commit has had a memorable few months. Perhaps most notably, earlier this month, he helped his Revolution Academy U19 team capture the club's first MLS Next Championship. Welcome, Jack. It's great to have you on the podcast. Yeah, awesome. Thank you for having me, Matt. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, I know it's a, a nice day outside today. You could be enjoying uh, that sun, but I'm glad to have you here. Um, I think the jumping off point we should start out with here is is winning that MLS Next Championship for you guys. Uh, that was pretty recently, just a couple weeks ago. What was that experience like for you to be on that team, that Revolution Academy team, to to get that historic championship? Yeah, I mean, it, it was unbelievable. If, if you told me at the start of the season um, that, that we would end up winning it, I, I wouldn't really believe you. Um, you know, I guess we were we were the fifth sort of seed in our division, and we, and we didn't really qualify. We sort of barely got in on the last day. Um, but once once we got to the tournament, I really saw the players we had and, you know, the, the camaraderie we had with the group. I had a feeling we were going to win the whole thing. Um, and then Going through five games, we had some up and downs for sure. But I think overall, we, we were only really trailing in the tournament for 20, 30 minutes. We scored first in every game. Um, and I think we really battled hard in a couple games and, and kept the lead and uh, scored some good goals to, to ultimately win the tournament. What jumps out to you most about what made this team special uh, for you guys to click at the right time there. I mean, I know throughout the season, you, you probably had some big aspirations. You have a lot of talented guys on that, on that roster, but um, was it, was it a team chemistry thing? Was it just your style of play that really clicked? What, what, what jumps out to you? Yeah, it was a couple of things. Um, definitely, definitely team chemistry among the guys. I mean, a lot of us have been playing together um, for a good three or four years. Um, so we understand each other. Uh, and then the second thing I would say was the determination to, to win the whole thing and, and be the first Revs team to do that. I mean, after every game, we would uh, get the starters on on film, on Zoom calls, and just go over film from from the last game and, and look at what we did well defensively, places we can improve, and then attacking-wise. And then ultimately, when you look at all five games, we put together some really good team performances. A lot of these guys, you guys have been playing together for years, right? Yeah, I mean, the team since I was there has changed a lot. I think there's only two guys left from the first team. Oh, wow, wow. Um, yeah, but most recently, you know, I've been playing together with, with a lot of those guys for like three years, I would say. Right. What, what's the best part about playing 
you know, for that program, for that club. I mean, obviously there's, there's the prestige of, of being in the Revolution Academy and being an MLS next and, you know, playing for a, a de- developmental system from an MLS club. But um, what's like the most fun part about the experience playing for them? Yeah, I mean, since the since Rob and Kurt have come in, um, they've really elevated the revolution as a whole, and, and certainly the academy. Um, I guess having the training facility coming in every day, um, and then for guys that they push up to the USO, like it's a it's a really professional environment. I mean, I, I come in every day in the mornings, um, and we do film analysis, gym, we train. Um, we've got a whole team of uh, of people around to help us, and and it's really it's a professional environment. It's as simple as that. Does that get overwhelming at all? I mean, considering you're, you know, you're a, you're a high school kid. I mean, you just wrapped up your, your, your high school time at BBNN, but uh, Buckingham Brown and Nichols, but does that get overwhelming to be a, a teenager in a professional environment? Or is that something that you thrive in and you feel like the guys around you thrived in as well? No, I mean, it, it's sort of uh, at the start when I first came in for preseason uh, with Revs two, I sort of felt like an Academy guy um, coming in and you have to sort of, you know, prove yourself. Um, but now I sort of feel like that's where I belong. Um, and it's somewhere that I feel like I can certainly thrive in. And as I've done, you know, get a lot better over the last couple of months. Yeah, you've certainly thrived personally. I know you you had six goals, I think, in Frisco, in Texas down there. And I believe you got the golden boot. Um, so you had a great individual um, tournament and uh, individual run there. What stood out to you about your play? I mean, what were you most proud of about the way you handled um, individually playing in Frisco and what you did? you know, what you did well? Um, I thought on the ball, I thought I turned really well, dribbled at the defenders. Um, but I think something that stood out most to me was uh, the first game I scored twice and the second game I scored one. And then in the quarterfinals against PDA, I think I had, certainly in the first half, I think I had one of the, the worst performances I've had all season. <laughs> um and, and I sat there after the game, you know, we ultimately won because we have, you know, a great group of guys besides me. Um, and I was like, you know, that can't happen again. Uh, and then I went out in, in FC Dallas and, and scored twice and then scored the winner in the final. And, and I feel like just shows how, how my own perseverance in that tournament. Right. You mentioned uh, the game winner in the championship victory over San Francisco Glens. Uh, take us through that goal. What kind of goal was it and uh, what kind of celebration after you scored? Yeah, so it's really a, it was a real team goal from us. I mean, the Bueno, our, our center mid, plays the ball out wide to Triton, who beats a couple guys. And, you know, I call for the ball there. And a lot of people didn't see, but our striker, Isaiah, actually checks his shoulder and sees that I'm open. And he takes their center back and pushes him out of the space. So ultimately, I had a, an easy tap in there, um, and I I ran over and did the the Mbappe celebration. It's one I it's one of my favorites that I've done a couple times now. Is that the is that now the go to celebration for you when you score a goal? Or do you mix it up a little bit? Yeah, I would say that's my go to, but you know sometimes you can't do the same one every time. <laughs> Does when you I mean do you, you don't have any like. You don't plan that in advance when you're going to score a goal. Is that kind of one of in-the-moment things when you score the goal and whatever comes to you comes to you for a celebration? Or do you, do you kind of go into a game thinking, all right, if I score today, I'm going with this celebration? Yeah, it's, it's sort of a mix. Like I, For the one against Dallas, I was like, oh, if I score today, I'm going to do the, the point to the jersey on the back. 
Um, but then things, you know, you score and you're excited and you're in the moment and it doesn't, sometimes it pans out, sometimes it doesn't. So sort of whatever comes to you. <laughs> do you guys have conversations with each other? I mean, are, do you look at guys on the team and be like, oh, he's, he's the best celebrator. He's got the best celebrations. Are you guys, are you, is it a, a friendly thing between all you guys when you score goals? Yeah. Yeah. We've <laughs> talked about doing some, some funny team celebrations, but we're in the moment. It, it's hard to, to get four guys in like a line doing some dance or whatever. <laughs> How do the how do the coaches feel about the whole celebration thing? You know, you look at like the NFL all the time. They're trying to like you know patrol all these celebrations. They don't want guys getting too crazy. But I mean, I've always looked at it as scoring goals is fun. Scoring touchdowns is fun. Dunking is fun in basketball. I mean, if you take celebrations away, what do you have? I mean, are your coaches kind of on board with you guys having fun with it and celebrating after you score goals? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, as long as we're not you know overly like disrespectful to the other team with any of those celebrations. I mean, the best part of scoring goals is the celebration, I would say. So you, you got to have fun with it. You got to enjoy it. And, and it, and it helps get everybody excited you know, when, right. when you do a good celebration and, and when everyone's happy. Right. C- celebrations aside, I know that's probably improved for you as years have gone on, gone on, but how have you seen your game evolve over the years with, with the Revs Academy? Um, you know, in what ways has it really helped develop, your skill set and your mindset. Yeah, I think uh, one of the main things I've been focusing on is my my final product in terms of goals and assists. Um, you know, I, I wasn't always the most uh, attacking center mid. I think you know I started when I was younger, like ten or eleven, as a as a six, and I mo- sort of moved into an eight, and now I feel like you know the ten uh, is, is sort of my best position. So I've been trying to be better in the final third, and and you know, final product is goals win games. And, and I feel like I've done, I've been scoring a lot more recently, which is awesome. Uh, another cool thing about your journey this year is you made your, uh, your professional debut with the, with Revs two, I believe back in early April, if I'm not mistaken. And I, I you had a brace pretty much a couple weeks later. Didn't you have two goals in a game uh, on this on mid, mid April, I believe in a game against yeah. Cincinnati. Yeah. So we played Cincinnati and we were down two zero at half. Um, and I came in and I, I got my first professional goal and we were losing, uh, but I felt like it was my first goal. I had to do something. So I did like a little half celebration and then ran to get the ball, like just by myself. Right. Um, but then, you know, uh, our right winger scored a, an insane goal and then I got the winner and, and, and then everyone celebrated with me wow. for that second goal. So, I mean, clearly it didn't take you long to acclimate to that level of soccer. I mean, you make the debut on April 3rd, uh, you, you score a couple goals, you know, two weeks later. Uh, were you comfortable at that level right off the bat? I mean, was that one of those things where you just felt like you belonged and, and you were there to prove yourself that you belonged? Yeah, for sure. I mean, when I went in uh, for my debut I, after the game, I, I watched the performance. And, and while I was in it, I was like, you know, it's a lot faster. It's a lot more physical. And I, I know I need to push myself and there's areas that I need to improve. But I felt like I wasn't, you know, I wasn't far off this level. And, and, and I can go in and if I continue to be better. I can go into this level and, and eventually do really, really well. So now how does that work? Is it one of those things where after training one day, uh, Kurt or somebody from the organization comes up to you and says, hey, we're going we're gonna to have you suit up for, for Revs 2? Or, you know, what, what, what was kind of the, when you heard that you were going to make your debut, what was the, what was the situation there? Yeah, so in, during the week, you hear like you're going to be in the roster. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't mean that you're going to go in. Um, and then I remember... At halftime, our, our trainer comes up to me 
And he goes, hey, do you have to go to the bathroom or anything? I'm like, no, no, I'm good. He's like, oh, well, you're going in at half. All, all of a sudden, you had to go to the bathroom at that point, probably. Yeah, I was like, give me five minutes. I'll be right back. Um, yeah, and then I started warming up, put my jersey on, and, and I had some family in the crowd, so it was a really exciting moment for me. So, I mean, your family must have been ecstatic to see that. And, and for you, being a, a Massachusetts guy and a local guy, you must have had a, a bunch of family and friends out at those matches. Yeah, I, I had... Um, I had my parents there for my debut, and then I had my parents and my friends um, when I scored twice, which was pretty was pretty awesome. The leap going from academy Revs Academy and MLS Next going to that level was it was it huge? Did, did you feel like, or was it more? Was it a physicality thing where players just bigger and more physical and just more experienced? What what really jumped out at you about the difference between the two levels of play? Yeah, it's a couple of things. Um, I would say the speed of play for sure. I mean, you have to have you know, your ideas right before you get the ball and then physicality, um, and like physical speed as well. Like you have to be quicker with the way, um, you know, you dribble, you have to be faster. You have to hold players off better. And technically like there's absolutely no room to mess up the, the technical things like passing and first touch. Like they don't, these guys are, they're, they're men and they've been playing for a while. They don't mess up things like first touching and passing. So you have to be clean, um, and you have to be ready to think quick and whatever. Right, right. And, and along those lines of of playing against elite competition in June, um, you got your first call up to the to the national youth national team, the U nineteen youth national team. And um, what was it? A pair of friendlies against England and Norway that you played? Did you play in those? Yeah. So yeah. we played um, England first on June sixth, um, and we ended up beating them two one. I think I came in for about thirty minutes. Um, so that was you know super exciting for me and for the rest of the guys. Um, it was pretty cool. Like we played the game and then I'm like going through Instagram after and I'm seeing us, uh, you know, our goals and, and us celebrating after I'm like, wow, it's, this is the first time I've, you know, won a game and, and seen it all over social media. Right. Um, and then we played the second game against Norway, which I started in, and we ended up dominating them winning three zero. Did you know a lot of the guys on that roster uh, ahead of time? I mean, was that is, I imagine those, uh, youth national team call-ups can be a little, a little tough sometimes because you're getting thrown together with a lot of guys from all over the country, uh, you know, obviously elite-level players. But is it hard to find that chemistry with, with players, or were you pretty familiar with some of those guys? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've heard of a lot of them, um, and I've played against a couple of them, but none that I knew really well. So definitely coming in first couple of days, you know, I had to meet the guys, and, and I was a little bit of an outsider. Um, but once you start playing and, and they see you can play well and, and, and they start to, you know, you guys start to talk and, and build chemistry. And ultimately, by the end, you know, I felt really part of the team. Right. Take us through that experience when you when you find out you're getting a national team call up. Who who lets you know? How do you get the news? What's kind of the the ensuing celebration or the, you know, the, the thought process that that takes place in your mind after that news gets to you? Yeah, it was, it was really funny. So, um, uh, I was hanging with my friends, I think it was Memorial day weekend. Um, and I see on my phone that Kirk, Kirk called me. I was like, Oh, okay. So I walk outside, take the call. And he's like, Oh, you've been, uh, you've been selected for the under 19 national team. And he's like, are you going to be free? I'm like, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm going to make open. it work. Yeah. I think I'll be there. <laughs> yeah. And, and then I remember I ran in, uh, to tell all my friends and my, one of my friend's parents were there. And they were all happy for me and excited. And she's like, oh, did you call your parents that? And I'm like, no, I didn't call them yet. So <laughs> I run out, call them as well. And they were really happy for me. <laughs> That's a typical, uh, how old are you, Jack? 18? 
Yeah, I'm, yeah. I just turned That's 18. a typical 18 year old reaction. Forget to call your parents. You just get the biggest news of your life. And oh, yeah, I should probably let my parents know that that just happened. That's uh, <laughs> exactly the good old fashioned 18 year old reaction. Where does that rank um, kind of on your in your soccer journey here? Just that experience. I mean, that's that's right up there. I mean, if it's not number one, it's it's number two, because that's been a dream of mine for a while um, coming up to the academy. And one that I, I think I've been playing really well, but I certainly wasn't expecting it. Um, and, you know, going there and meeting all these guys and playing with them, it was a real confidence booster for me and, you know, showing me what, like, you know, what I could have very soon. New England's soccer journals, The Goal, will return after this. Hey, here's a great new idea in fundraising. Soccerheads New England Comedy Fundraisers. This is better than a stand-up show. It's an event that your community will never forget. You'll get soccer-themed comedy with Paul Nardizzi, who has been on Conan O'Brien, and Nesson Comedy All-Stars, along with Dave Radigan from Serious Radio Comedy, and Jim Ruberti. There will also be giveaways and all sorts of extras. Want to make money for your soccer club and have fun while doing it? Email the guys at SoccerHeadsNewEngland at gmail.com. That's SoccerHeadsNewEngland at gmail.com. Are you serious about playing your sport in college? Do you need a flexible education that allows you to maintain your practice and competition schedules while also preparing you to succeed at the next level? You should check out the University of Nebraska High School. UNHS is accredited and offers more than 100 online courses, including NCAA-approved courses to protect your academic eligibility. Students could earn a UNHS diploma or take a single course for transfer credit. Courses are college prep, self-paced, and available 24-7, 365. Enroll anytime and take up to a year to complete a course. Visit highschool.nebraska.edu today. Looking to keep up with all the latest news and information on New England soccer? New England Soccer Journal and AnySoccerJournal.com are the premier resources for information and inspiration on the New England soccer scene. Have every issue of New England Soccer Journal, the magazine, delivered to your home or office. And don't forget to stay in the game every day with a digital subscription to AnySoccerJournal.com to receive soccer coverage on clubs, college commits, prep and high school, division one, two, and three colleges, showcases, rankings, and so much more. Get in the game and behind the scenes now by going to anysoccerjournal.com. Just click on the subscribe button and start the subscription that is right for you today. New England Soccer Journal is a Siemens Media publication. Siemens Media. Inspiring. Informative. Insightful. Now, you'll be headed to Georgetown uh, for your college soccer. We talked a little bit about that off the air. You're going to be headed there in, in early August to join the team. Uh, why did you want to become a Hoya? What was it about their program that drew you in? Yeah, I mean, first of all, um, all I've heard is great things about their head coach, Brian Weiss. I mean, everybody I've talked to says, you know, he's a, a fantastic soccer coach and an even better like guy, even a better person. Um and secondly, their program is one of the best in the country, and it develops top pro guys. You look at, you know, Dante, Sean, Chris Hagard, who left as well, um, who, are, who are all in the MLS, or Dante's in, in Scotland, but playing first team minutes doing really well. Um, and, and I'm hoping that one day that's me, and I felt like Georgetown was the perfect place to help me get there. 
where else were, were you considering anywhere else or was Georgetown always the place that you kind of were drawn to? Yeah. So I talked to, I was talking to Duke in Virginia as well. Um, then Dartmouth a little bit. Um, but ultimately when Georgetown, you know, when things finalized with Georgetown, it was an easy decision. Yeah. Um, what else sticks out to you about their, their style? I mean, do you feel like just stylistically that you're are the right fit for, for how they want to play? Yeah. I mean, for sure. They're, they're very possession oriented, very attacking. Um, I think in possession, they play two tens, actually their, their left wing and right wing are coming inside. Um, and you know, they play through their attacking, their attacking center mids and through their center mids as a whole. And I feel like that's exactly what I, what I want to be a part of. What's your approach this summer with, you know, little less than a month to go, I guess, before you, before you get out there or get down there. Um, what are you hoping to accomplish this summer? I mean, you, you must be kind of, uh, I'm guessing, a little tired from a long MLS next season. and It's been a busy time for you. Are you just going for some downtime? Are you working on any specific things in your game? Or Yeah, so I, after the tournament, they gave me a week off, mm-hmm. um, which was really nice. Where I, I didn't touch a ball for a week. First time I think I've done that in a couple of years. <laughs> um, but, you know, now I'm, now I'm ready to, to get back at it with Revs too. Hopefully, um, you know, I'm hoping I can start a game, um, maybe score some more goals before I head off to Georgetown. And then, you know, I'm trying to be – I want to be hopefully one of the best freshmen in the country. Um, so we'll see what happens. Is that hard when you're instructed to, you know, take some downtime, don't touch a ball, lay low for a week? Because um, your inclination must be to get out there and get the ball at your feet and get some shots off or just do some foot skill stuff. But were you uh, – was that hard for you or were you just – ready and willing to take that week off and say, okay, I'm good. I need, I need a little break here. No, it's, it's honestly harder to take a break uh, <laughs> than it is to not. Um, and I mean, maybe for a couple of days you're sore from the, from the tournament. So like, it's okay. You realize, you, you know, you can't play, but then after the third or fourth day, you're like, man, I really want to get out there and play again. Um, but uh, I had to sort of put the soccer ball away and, and, and just take some time with my family. Sure. Sure. Let's talk a little bit about your uh, your soccer upbringing here. Did, now, have you lived your whole life in the Cambridge area, or were you did were you born somewhere else? Or yeah, so I was born uh, in New York, okay. actually. But my parents moved uh, when I was five months old to Boston, and, and I've been growing up here. Ever yeah, since. so you're pretty much a Bostonian at this point. I mean, you've been here yeah, forever. Yeah, for sure. Um, when did you start playing soccer? When did you kind of fall in love with the sport? Yeah, so I started playing soccer when I was, I think, four or five. Um, and at first I wouldn't say it was, was my favorite. I wasn't, uh, like playing soccer from the start and I knew that was what I was going to do. Um, but by was, by the time I was seven or eight, I would say I, I really fell in love with the game. Um, and since then I've, you know, I was I've been practicing every day, um, and working really hard and, and and it's something that I know I really want to do. What were the other sports that you were playing when you were young? I wanted to play baseball for a bit there. Um, and I used to play basketball. That's actually how I really started getting into soccer because my basketball coach was really a soccer coach. He was coaching the basketball team for yeah. a bit and he brought me over into their team. And that was really the start of me, of, of my soccer career. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, I, I've actually heard, I've heard coaches kind of who, who, I mean, I, those are two sports I played growing up too. And I feel like there's, there's not a ton of comparisons. Obviously one is played with your feet, one is played with your hands, but there are like athletic things, tendencies that can translate from one to the other. So I've heard of, you know, people, soccer coaches talking about, oh, like, you know, using the basketball court as a, as a way to kind of get through to a player and vice versa. So I've seen that kind of, that transition happen. 
Um, baseball is a funny one though because that's just so much slower than soccer. It's it's fun. Did you did you get to a point where your baseball is a little too slow for you? Yeah, that's that's exactly why I stopped. Um, I thought it was way too slow, and I didn't want to be out there every day. And plus, I didn't even like I, – I, I, I was a little scared of the ball too. I mean, I was young, and they, they were pitching pretty fast. So I was like, I don't think this is for me. Yeah, you get drilled once, and it kind of changes your mindset. That's going to be a game where you're, you, don't, you don't mind if you get hit with that ball a little bit. Um, when did you start uh, playing club soccer? How old were you? I think I started GPS when I was U8, maybe, U9. Um, and then I moved through the ranks at GPS, and eventually I was part of, I think, the GPS MPL red team when we, when I was under 11 or 12. Um, and we were one of the best teams in the country, actually. I, I think we were ranked fifth in the country. Wow. Um, and we had a really good squad. And then I decided to ultimately move to Revs U14, and I, I've been with the Revs ever since. Who were some players that were on that team with you? Any guys who are going off to college this year? Any any local guys? Or yeah, so uh, we have um, Hikaru Fujiwara. Yeah, was was on our team. He's a pro for Revs too. Yeah, uh, Brandon Bueno. He's been you know he was in the in the team for the MLS Next thing, and he plays up with Revs too a lot. Um, and we have a couple other guys going to college, but I mean it was it was a pretty star started started team. <laughs> yeah, back that's then. a great that's a great team. How old were you guys at that point? I think it was under twelve. Oh wow. Yeah. Hey, man, you guys must have been a force. Wow. Yeah, um, how much, uh, you know, how, how valuable is, is the whole club soccer game to, to you right now? I, I've talked with so many people um, about how it's evolved. And, you know, academy soccer has come such a long way, and the developmental system in this country has come such a long way. How, you know, how thankful are you to have had that at your disposal as you were kind of learning the game and progressing through soccer? Yeah, I mean, it's so important for, for young guys, you know, as a sort of a, a pathway into the academy teams um, to, to play with, with a bunch of people around mass um, and, and, and continue to develop through, I, I know GPS, we had like the GPS national team where they invite like the best guys from around the country to come in and uh, play like tournaments. We went to Ireland one time. Uh, so it, it, they keep exposing you to, to better players and different players. And, you know, that's really important for young guys. Right. Right. And, and you mentioned, um, with Georgetown this coming season, you'd you know your goal is to be one of the top freshmen in the country. Um, what are you hoping to accomplish? What do you hope the team accomplishes? I know they're coming off a great season last year, and they're always one of the one of the top teams in the Big East. What's uh, what would be a successful season for you this coming year in twenty two twenty three? Yeah, I mean it's pretty simple. I, I want to win the, the national title with Georgetown. Make it two national titles in, in six months. That would be pretty cool. Um, <laughs> That's a bold claim right off the bat. You're not even high. I mean, yeah. you got you to gotta shoot high. And, and wherever you end up, we can try harder next year. So we'll Right. See. And you and you mentioned you know some guys down in that program, right? I mean, you're pretty familiar with some of the faces down in that Georgetown program. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I just played this morning with, with Joe and uh, Trevor Burns. Um, and then, you know, I went up for a visit in February and met the whole team. Yeah. Uh, so I'm really excited to get down there. What do you think the best, when you, when you went down for a visit, what do you think the best part of the campus is and what's like the best part of the, the surrounding community to the school? Yeah. I mean, the DC area is super nice. Like the shopping center and the city down there is really cool. You have the history as well, like the, um, different monuments and the government or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then also I felt like I went to a couple of Georgetown games at Shaw field and I felt like the energy was, was awesome. The field was great. You know, the view of that is awesome. And, and, and I knew it was, I knew it was my place to go. Are you, uh, are you still a basketball fan, even though you're not playing anymore? Are you still watching or anything? 
yeah, I watch it. I watch it here and there. I know that Georgetown a couple of years ago, I I uh, I know they made a good run in the tournament. I was so. gonna say that's that's a great spot to catch some college hoops games too. There'll be some obviously some great teams coming through there, so that'll be uh, that'll be fun for you as well in the off season there in the winter time. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Well, Jack, uh, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. I know you've had a, a busy few months here. Obviously, a great few months and a memorable few months. So I'm glad we could uh, discuss it further and um, and have some fun with it. Yeah, awesome. Thank you, Matt. I really appreciate you guys having me on. Um, and yeah, look forward to talking to you soon. Thanks again to Jack Penny, you two, for joining the podcast and engaging in a great conversation. I'm Matt Langoni. Thanks for listening. New England Soccer Journal's The Goal Podcast is produced by Steve Safran and is a Siemens Media Production. You've been listening to New England Soccer Journal's The Goal Podcast. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to our podcast or visit anysoccerjournal.com forward slash podcast. Siemens Media. Inspiring. Informative. Insightful.